Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from October 2nd, 1983. I was about to say taped, but actually only one match was taped at the TV taping on March 30th, 1983. The rest of the footage here is Bill Watts recapping the North American title tournament from March 21st, 1983 at the Municipal Auditorium in New Orleans, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last, and joining me this week, like he does each and every week, you know him, you love him, Mr. New Orleans, Mike Mills. Mike, a recap show, but not just a recap show, we get a lot of interesting stuff and big news from Mid-South Wrestling this week. Yeah, this is good, actually. You gotta, well, this is, again, one of those times where you gotta put yourself into the perspective of 1983 when we didn't have access to YouTube, we didn't have networks, we didn't have apps on our phones where we could find the things that we missed or couldn't go see live, nor did we have the opportunity, whether it be closed circuit or whether it be pay-per-view, to see an event like this live. So from that perspective, this is, although a bit of a recap show, really, really good, for the most part, the way we get to see what went down this particular night of this taping. And I don't want to say anything more, because if I do, I may give some stuff away. So I think we should probably uh, get into it. What do you think, Brian? Well, let's get right into it. And here at the top of the show, we're going to play a little more audio than we usually do. Usually we play the show open. But this week, Bill Watts opens the show from the desk and goes to the recap goes to the end of the North American title tournament, and then kind of the rest of the show, we build up to that point. So we find out how we got there. So let's go to this. Bill Watts breaking down the March 21st, 1983 North American title tournament in New Orleans. And we'll talk about this clip on the other side. Cowboy Bill Watts standing in for Boyd Pierce. Many of you know that on March the 21st, there was a very important one-night tournament held in New Orleans. The whole emphasis was the North American title. That belt, which right there, which I was fortunate enough to get to defend for seven years, the most prestigious regional title in the world today. Because of the disappearance of Stagger Lee, the North American title has been vacant. On March 21st in New Orleans, a one-night sudden-death tournament for the North American title plus $10,000 was held with 13 top professional wrestlers. There were four bouts in the first round with five buys. The men that drew the first round buys were the Junkyard Dog and Ted DiBiase because they were former champions. Kamala, the Ugandan warrior, because he was a number one contender. Hacksaw Dugan because he is a Louisiana champion. And the Black Ninja drew the wild card. The eight men in the first four matches were Mr. Olympia versus Marty Lundy, Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Wild Bill Irwin, Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Super Destroyer, Matt Bourne against Tito Santana. However, we're going to show you the final match of the evening, the 12th match. It's a very controversial match for the title because Mr. Olympia, the former tag partner of the Junkyard Dog, ends up wrestling the dog for the championship. Let's watch what happened March the 21st at the Downtown Municipal Auditorium in front of a capacity crowd as you see Mr. Olympia entering the ring. The Junkyard Dog had wrestled the 11th match of the evening. He had defeated the Black Ninja. He had had two tremendously tough matches. He defeated the Black Ninja and Ted DiBiase to get to the finals. Mr. Olympia had defeated Marty Lundy because of a very unusual event where Kamala and 
Mr. Wrestling 2 were both disqualified, and by sudden death rules that eliminated both of them from the tournament, Mr. Olympia was scheduled to wrestle in match number nine, the winner of match five, which was Kamala and two. Therefore, he drew a bye. Then he wrestled Hacksaw Butch Reed. And there's where the premonition of the desperation of Mr. Olympia came to light when he got a controversial win over Hacksaw Reed. Right now, you can see he and Junkyard Dog went forward to shake hands with his old partner and, and to wish him the best of luck. And Olympia refused the handshake. Jerry Usher in the ring. And right now, Mr. Olympia is telling Usher, wait a minute, I'll be right back. And the whole crowd just went kind of silent there, wondering what was going on. Well, since I was there, I can tell you. He went to get his new financial advisor, the man that's weaving the web of intrigue and dominance, or attempted dominance in Mid-South, Skandar Akbar, the man who also represents now the Black Ninja, and Kamala, the Ugandan warrior. And here comes Skandar Akbar, and certainly you know the animosity between the junkyard dog and Skandar Akbar. And Mr. Olympia, as we learned later, had called Skandar Akbar. Even Akbar was surprised when it happened. Apparently this all started when Mr. Wrestling 2 came to Mid-South because Mr. Olympia had been the premier masked man, the junkyard dog's partner, and co-holder of the tag team titles. And Mr. Wrestling Coup came in a living legend, a man that nobody can deny, and his quiet, intense, competitive self seemed to slide right by Mr. Olympia. And it's almost like Mr. Olympia was hurt, his pride was hurt, that Wrestling 2 could outshine him, and that the fans were chanting 2-2-2 two, two, two everywhere. And there was an altercation we recall a few weeks ago between 2 and Olympia in the dressing room at the Mid-South taping, and we all thought Wrestling 2 was just under too much pressure and flying off at the handle. But it turns out that Wrestling 2 had really seen the true insight of Mr. Olympia, a man who has changed and twisted. And here he is. He's hollering at the dog, and he's telling the dog that they're through his friends, that he's going to try to win that title. The North American title and $10,000 up right now, and Akbar taunting the dog. And Dog's been under a lot of pressure, and he's going. He feels cornered there with both of them on either side. A critical mistake by the Dog. He pulls Akbar into the ring. Therefore, Jerry Usher cannot disqualify Akbar since he did not come into the ring under his own power. Usher gets knocked out of the ring when Akbar's feet caught him as the Dog thumped him. Dog firing away to Mr. Olympia. Now watch referee Rick Farrar, the second referee, tries to come in to, to restore order. But it's going wild and woolly right now between these two former tag partners. There, Mr. Olympia rakes the dog's eyes. I mean, this is a tactic I've never seen him use. And there he gets thrown into Rick Farber right behind the Black Ninja. He comes in. Look at that thrust kick. He caught Dog from behind. Dog's neck was snapped with that chop to the throat and didn't have time to brace for it or anything. Caught that tremendous thrust kick. Split his lip wide open. Knocked the tooth loose. And now Olympia plying the sleeper to a badly injured stunned JYD as you see Usher there on the floor trying to get up and get back in the ring. <coughs> but now Mr. Olympia going beyond sportsmanship has an injured helpless dog unconscious still applying the sleeper which could be very dangerous. Jerry Usher counting the one two three but now you look closely right here's the focal point. The dog is on his face he is face down his shoulders are not pinned. Yet Usher, in his stunned condition, had counted a fall. Mr. Olympia has let go of him now. He has let go of him now. Usher's ringing the bell. Again, a mistake, a critical mistake, because with Olympia not touching him, Dog should get a 10 count to get to his feet. 
But Usher just checked his arms, figured he's been put out in the sleeper, and awards the title, which signifies the prestige of the Mid-South area, and $10,000 to Mr. Olympia. He and Skandar Akbar, a new allegiance, a day of infamy. And there Olympia tries to wake the junkyard dog up from the sleeper, but the dog can't come too because the sleeper is not all of the problem. And Olympia, realizing that, gets out of the ring before they can change any decision. There he's got the title. He's sold his soul for the title, for infamy, and joined with Skandar Akbar. And there you see him trying to help the junkyard dog up. Greg Soley, the son of Gordon Soley, shot this tape, this film, when he edited it and got it all together. The directors of Mid-South, Charlie Lay, chairman of the board, called a meeting. They asked me to fly to Florida, to Tampa, to be with them in this meeting, asked my opinion as a former North American champion. I don't try to enter in, but I did have to say one thing, that Mid-South, I felt, would be very wrong to honor Mr. Olympia as the champion, due to the two things. First of all, that the dog's shoulders were not pinned, and that's what the count was by a stunned official. Secondly, that Mr. Olympia had let him go and stood up, therefore he would have deserved a 10 count to get to his feet. And I thought Mid-South would be wrong, and I voiced my opinion, and I want to thank Charlie Lay and the board of directors. They echoed my feelings, and they have held up that title. The North American title is held up, but first... Let's go a little bit further, go to the dressing room where Greg Soley went into the dressing room and interviewed the new champion and his new financial advisor. Well, let's stop it there, Mike. There's a lot to unpack. First of all, there's a famous image that goes around. It comes from this episode, a close-up of the old North American title with the word stooge seemingly carved into it. We don't know who exactly did that, obviously. We don't know when it happened, so we don't know which champion was being called a stooge by someone else in the locker room, we presume. But that's the image right there, the North American title you can see clear as day, the word stooge carved into it. But what a masterful job by Bill Watts here in explaining and laying out everything, not just what's happening in the match, but everything that's led up to the match, everything with Olympia and the dog, everything with Olympia and two. You see the dog's face when he goes to shake Olympia's hand and Olympia won't shake his hand. Olympia shook the hand of Butch Reed earlier in the show, and we'll talk about that later on, but he won't shake the dog's hand and then all hell breaks loose. Give me your thoughts on this and on everything we just listened to and watched here. So number one, before I say anything else, the important thing here to keep in mind is how Bill Watts describes the whether you call it pinfall or win by Olympia dog was already out from the thrust kick from Kendo Olympia has him in the sleeper, but as he's in the sleeper, he ends up rolling to his not rolling, but falling to his stomach dog. That is Jerry Usher. We are told by a very descriptive Watts that, you know, Jerry Usher gets hit. So he's kind of out of it. He's kind of groggy. You know, it'd be like if somebody punched you in the head real good or hit you in the back of the head with something. If it doesn't knock you out, it stuns you. And you maybe don't have all your, you know, feelings of what's going on around you and things are blurry. So dog is out on his stomach. The big point is Jerry Usher, because he's stunned and can't really see clearly and can't make a, a, a good decision here, he counts a pinfall, one, two, three, 
as if dog has been pinned. So keep that in mind as they're talking about Olympia just winning that North American title. I uh, wanted to point that out first and foremost. The other thing to remember here is uh, the last time we recorded, Brian, you know, I think Watts was saying something to the effect of, you know, I can't believe, I can't believe Olympia. I can't believe it. But he wouldn't say anything else. Well, now I think we kind of know why he was saying, I can't believe, I can't believe, but he wouldn't really be descriptive of what it was. It was the confirmation that because we already knew we had an idea, but now it was definitely confirmed that Olympia and Akbar had kind of made a pact and a partnership. And we're now on the same page because at the start of the match, Olympia goes and gets Akbar and we know now what the situation is and that Akbar and he are one. So a lot went down. I'll credit Watts there for about eight minutes of being very descriptive and telling us what was going on here. But at the end of the day, uh, in the 12th and final match of the tournament, it was Olympia versus Dog, and we are we are led to believe that Olympia has won at this moment, and that may be spoiling things as we get further into the episode, uh, but wanted to make that point here. That's what's going on. Well, the other thing is, as we've talked about for well over a year now, rules matter in Mid-South Wrestling, and everything that happens needs to be plausible something that modern wrestling promoters and bookers should apply to their programs. This happened. This travesty of justice. Greg Soley, the son of Gordon Soley, was there with the footage. Went back to Tampa, where Charlie Lay, the president of Mid-South Wrestling is. Bill Watts flew down there. They had a meeting about it. Everything is explained as to what happened. And Bill Watts says, look, the referee, their decision is supposed to be final, but this was ridiculous. And there's film footage of it. That's one of the things I love so much about this was there are no holes in the story. It's all plausible. It all makes sense. It's all explained to us, even though there was this incredible cheating, the end result is explained to us what happened. And that, like I said, I wish the plausibility of Mid-South Wrestling was applied to other wrestling promotions, especially today. It it, it would it would make modern wrestling a little bit better because modern wrestling kind of Often, more oftentimes than not, it's like they bend things to conveniently tell a story that they want to tell, but they ignore things sometimes and in other times they don't. Whereas right here, you know, Watts is saying, look, his shoulders, this should not be a title switch. His shoulders were not pinned. We had a very groggy referee come up and count one, two, three. But literally, I mean, it's clear as day, even though the footage is dark and grainy because it's from the municipal uh, and all you have was a top, you know, it wasn't shot for TV. All you have was that big spotlight above the ring. All the other lights in the building are turned down. It's just how they did it back then. You can clearly see even through the grainy footage and dark footage that dog is laying on his stomach with Olympia with a sleeper on him. So and he didn't and it, it, it wasn't like Usher did the one, two, three with the hands with the sleeper. He clearly counted one, two, three as in if he was being pinned. And that should tell you all you need to know about how that all went down and if this is indeed going to be a title switch. Like we said, it all makes sense. And coming out of that match, Greg Soley, the cameraman, went into the locker room to see what Olympia and Skandar Akbar had to say. Let's go to this. And I present the North American title to a very, very deserving super heavyweight. And, you know, I couldn't believe it when you called. I couldn't believe it was you. I thought I was hearing things. But, you know, you were right about the junkyard dog. When Wrestling 2 came along, he dropped you just like yesterday's garbage. 
And what did you get for paying your dues when Mr. Wrestling caused you to live mid-south? You left like a man. But the junkyard dog, he comes back like staggering, like the real dog he is. Well, here's it. This is a North American Tyler right now. And this man vanquished 11 other super heavyweights right here in New Orleans for this coveted title, which means more than any heavyweight title across the world. A North American champion. You know, Agbar, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm a man of my word. They can't say I'm not a man of my word. Because for 60 days, I left for 60 days. Why? because I took somebody's place like Wrestling 2. You're right, I was pushed aside like yesterday headlines. When Wrestling 2 come in, all you can hear is people start to like it. Two, two, two! And what, where was Olympia? Pushed him to the side. But I'm a man of my word. I got in there, I took his place, and I left for 60 days. But you know what the dog do? Did dog leave? No, I came back to stagger leave. That's when I lost respect for you, dog. Yeah, I was a man of my word, but what'd you do? You put a hood on and come back and stagger leave. But not me. I waited my 60 days. And for wrestling too, boy, you almost blew a perfect plan because I had it all mapped out. And you found a suitcase, but you didn't get it done because there it is, the North American title. And it was very well worth it. Where's the shoe at now, dog? That's right. And it's on this one. It's on $10, this one. $10,000. $10,000 for the 60 days that I lost. Mr. Olympian talking about being a man of his word, about integrity. I want to say one thing. I appreciate Mid-South's integrity because they have held up the North American title. They're going to settle that issue Saturday, April the 16th in the Superdome Extravaganza. They're going to change some matches that were planned for that big card, and one of the key matches will be for the North American title plus the $10,000, Junkyard Dog versus Mr. Olympia. At least this time, Junkyard Dog is totally forewarned, and Mr. Wrestling 2 was right, and Mr. Olympia, you've sold your soul to Skandar Akbar. That doesn't negate the danger of the type of individual you are, but at least Dog will have a fighting chance. We'll be back with King Kong Monday, 420 pounds of Devastation Incorporated, after these words from Mid-South Wrestling. Well, there it is. Similar to Ted DiBiase in the past, the grievances of Mr. Olympia are not unreasonable. He got jealous of Mr. Wrestling, too, of the fans accepting him, of the dog accepting him. Skandar Akbar puts in his head right away, you left town like a man. The dog came back as Stagger Lee. And then, of course, coming out of that, because of this action, because, I guess, of the meeting that Bill Watts had in Tampa with the Mid-South Wrestling Board, the title, which was just determined in this tournament, is now held up to be determined at the Superdome. Mike, give me your thoughts on all this. You summarized the last part of it well with the title being held up. I, I truly love that part because that's a big point here. But something that was I want to drive home, Olympia claiming how he honored his 60 days. And, and I wanna, want you to remember, Olympia said when he went home for 60 days, it wasn't not only that he had to go home for 60 days, it was that he wasn't going to get paid for 60 days either. So not only do you have to go home, but you're not getting paid. Not getting paid is a big one. Well, Stagger Lee, he didn't honor that. And, he, and Olympia is basically telling you, look, that was the dog under a mask. I know y'all, we, we've been kind of going back and forth about who it was, but I'm telling you that's who it was. And look, I was a man. I went home for 60 days and I honored it. This guy came back and not only did he, did he put a hood on and come wrestle, 
But he then kept getting paid under a different name, even though that was the junkyard dog. And that pissed me off. So you know what? I'm tired of it. So I signed with this man over here. I did the right thing. I did the honorable thing. But you know what? He couldn't do that. Well, I'm tired of it. And it, he's angry and you feel the frustration and he even signed with the oil man. So now it's like, you know, for me, I, look, I can see the, I see how great of a story it is now. But back then as a kid, I was like, I still didn't like him for this. But if we're going to truly analyze it, it makes a whole lot of sense. This thing is buttoned up tight. It's exactly great storytelling. Why he's frustrated and why he turned makes all the sense in the world. For 60 days, he sat at home and he didn't get paid. But Stagger Lee couldn't do the same. As a, that, that's a big, big, big part of this right here. So really, really good stuff right there. Really good promo and really, really good storytelling. And hey, now we get to look forward to Saturday, April 16th. The North American title will be, will, will be on the line since it's being upheld right now. There you go. We're going to have more about the tournament and the dog and Olympia in a bit. But first, we get a debut here on Mid-South Wrestling. This is the one match that was taped on the March 30th, 1983 tapings in Shreveport, Louisiana. King Kong Bundy debuts versus Ron Ellis with Alfred Neely as the referee. Let's hear some audio here because King Kong Bundy makes his presence known right away. And then Bill Watts lets the fans know at home exactly who King Kong Bundy is. This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 430 pounds. Richard, what is this? What is this? I was told I was going to wrestle Andre the Giant. And you tell me I'm going to wrestle this thing here. I'm King Kong Bundy. Six foot four, 420 pounds of muscle and bone. And you want me to wrestle this piece of garbage? Devastation Incorporated doesn't wrestle opponents like this. These Mid-South promoters told me I was going to wrestle Andre the Giant, and I'm going to wrestle him, and I'm going to make him crawl. And I want to say something else. When I beat a man, when I beat a man, there ain't going to be no three count. It's going to be a five count, because I don't want no doubt in anybody's mind. I ain't wrestling him. Well, the contract. Class. I can't wrestle that man. I'm King Kong Bundy. I ain't wrestling that man, I tell you that. The man that's here to wrestle, you gonna wrestle the man? I ain't wrestling, I just told you that. All right, then, you can go back to the dressing room. I'll go back to the dressing room. When I'm ready to go back, I got a few things to say. I ain't wrestling that man. Hey, I'm not gonna take this stuff. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Well, there you have it. You got a 10 count. You're the station incorporated. I'm an international wrestler. You got a 10 count. If you don't get in here and start wrestling, I'm gonna give him the match. I ain't wrestling that boy. Referee Alfred Neely has given us. Let me be the first to congratulate him on a win over the great King Kong Bundy. And the man that he's congratulating, of course, is 250-pound Ron Ellis. Well, King Kong Bundy was really upset, claimed he was supposed to wrestle Andre the Giant, which is a little far-fetched. That's not what matchmaker Grizzly Smith had scheduled. King Kong Bundy coming out, telling everybody how big and bad he is. A very unusual thing. Something never been done in wrestling. King Kong Bundy says that when he pins somebody in Mid-South, he doesn't want the referee to count to three. He wants the referee to count to five. That there's not going to be any doubt about the man being pinned. Well, he's 420 pounds. Look at him. Just picks the guy up with one hand. 420. Oh! 
awesome size, awesome power. King Kong Bundy. There's a three count. He grabbed the referee. King Kong Bundy's grabbed the referee and said, finish it off. He went to a five count. And there you have King Kong Bundy of Devastation Incorporated, his first appearance here on Mid-South Wrestling. As he was, was as good as his word, the man, the referee, Alfred Neely, counted three. King Kong Bundy held him and made him count five. And Ron Ellis was beat for the first time in wrestling history by a five count. I guess King Kong Bundy wants that officially written in to every one of his Mid-South contracts. Now we're going to return. We're going to return shortly to highlight the tag the tournament the one night tournament march the 21st in new orleans for the north american title we've shown you already the final match the victory by mr olympia for the north american title and ten thousand dollars was set aside it's been held up in a landmark a brave landmark decision i feel by mid-south wrestling due to the discrepancies as to the official count and it's held up and will be April 16th in the Superdome extravaganza. Mr. Olympia and the Junkyard Dog for the North American title. We'll be back with the rest of the tournament from New Orleans after these words for Mid-South Wrestling sponsors. Well, there it is, Mike, the debut in Mid-South Wrestling for King Kong Bundy. Naturally, while he's yelling, Reeser Bowden's just smiling and turning <laughs> to the camera. I did like when Bill Watts says, he says he was supposed to wrestle Andre the Giant. I find that a little far-fetched. <laughs> but uh, what are your thoughts here on King Kong Bundy's debut? Well, you stole my thunder. As Bundy interrupts Reeser Bowden during the introduction, of course, Reeser cannot help himself but to smirk and think it's funny, as usual. I, that, that may have been the best part of it that wasn't actually Bundy talking. And what I mean by that is Bundy was really good there. He was angry. You know, you got this big, huge, bald-headed guy. He's cutting this really good promo, and Reeser's laughing. But other than that, I thought this was good. I thought Bundy was good. I thought, you know, when you see this when you're young and the guy goes, won't be a three-count, it'll be a five-count, that's, you know, that it makes you raise your eyebrow. You're like, what? You know, because you really hadn't seen that. So you you took to it and was like, oh, my God, this guy must really be bad. And, you know, needless to say, he beats the guy. And then not only does he get the five count, I want to point out how he aggressively, after Neely makes the three count, Bundy stays on top of the guy and grabs Alfred Neely and is like, no, I said five. You know, count two more. And Neely counts the two more and he wins. But, again, Reeser has to laugh during the promo. So it kind of kind of hurts it a little but uh i thought this was good i thought this was a good promo from bundy and i appreciate it and you know bundy's angry he's talking about how you know i, I want to match with andre the giant and well you're not going to get that right off the bat but you did show us the three count i mean sorry the five count as you defeated ron ellis very quickly coming out of that we go back to bill watts with more tournament recap let's hear this after that momentous decision by mid-south to hold up the North American title, to settle the issue once and for all, not protecting Junkyard Dog or anybody else, but getting it settled beyond any reasonable shadow of a doubt. We're going to now recap the rest of the tournament. The first match, Mr. Olympia beat Marty Lundy. The second match, Mr. Wrestling 2 beat Wild Bill Irwin. The third match, Hacksaw Butch Reed beat a tough, rough super destroyer. Now the fourth match, Tito Santana, the Mexican superstar, 
against Matt Bourne. Let's watch that match in action now. These again are edited highlights by Greg Soley. Tremendous job he did. Well, there we hear it a little bit more of the tournament, the tournament brackets, what exactly is happening. And then we go to Tito Santana versus Matt Bourne. I should mention here that Matt Bourne is finishing up. Matt Bourne is done with Mid-South Wrestling. He starts, I believe, in early April in Georgia. Him and Arn Anderson, Marty Lundy here in Mid-South, they both get sent over there as a tag team. So this is the end of Matt Bourne here, and he has a match with Tito. Any thoughts about the match, Mike? My only thought is, and and far be it for me to criticize Bill Watts, right? I'm not trying to be overly critical of him here, but... I I felt like once they went to this segment, I was like, well, we kind of already know what happened with the whole tournament. And I wonder if building up to what we saw at the very beginning of the show would have made more sense rather than show us the final, show us the outcome. And then now we're going back and watching Tito because I don't remember as a kid like going, ah, that didn't make sense because obviously you just watch it and you don't have the eye that you have when you're older. But I know now as uh, watch rewatching it today, it just kind of made me feel like, man, it probably would have been better if they would put this before. That way we could have built up to the what we just saw with Olympia and Dog and Akbar. But we didn't get it like that. They do replay it. Uh, they do replay most of, or the clips of the tournament throughout the rest of the episode. And it's not bad. I mean, it was still cool to get to see it because there would have been no other way to see it back then. But I, that was my that was my only thought I wanted to make is we're going to go into these next couple of matches and segments. I didn't have anything particular from Tito. All I know is, like you said, Matt Bourne is, is out of here and Tito wins with a spinning toe hold. That's all I had from the actual match. I could see both ways of doing it. Like you said, just doing everything in order and then building up to the end. But I also think it's such a major moment that maybe the thought was we have to begin the show explaining the major moment and then building up to how we got there with the tournament. Because the tournament, all things considered, the tournament's a minor thing compared to the dog Olympia match and everything that came out of it. Very true. Well, let's get a little bit more of the tournament recap from Bill Watts. Tito Santana then wins the fourth bout. In the fifth bout, Kamala wrestled Mr. Wrestling 2. Hold on, let me redo that again because it cut Tremendous off. torque he got from that spinning toehold. Tito Santana then wins the fourth bout. In the fifth bout, Kamala wrestled Mr. Wrestling 2. A wild and woolly match, both men disqualified. And under sudden death rules, that eliminated both men from that tournament, which had, I think, a very big effect on the final match. We'll return to that after these words from... Mid-South Sponsors. And then we go to a break. Coming out of the break, we get more of what happened in the tournament. Let's go to this. Give me one sec. In the third match in the evening, Hacksaw Butch Reed beat a tough Super Destroyer. While as Hacksaw Dugan, the Louisiana champion, got a bye. These byes are going to play a very important part as the tournament gets longer because men's oxygen supply has partly been depleted in the fifth match like i say both kamala and wrestling two were double disqualified and both eliminated that's going to be very important to mr olympia's advantage but right now the match of the hacksaws that a lot of people have been wanting to see hacksaw butch reed against hacksaw dugan let's watch that now and that's what we get the first appearance on mid-south tv of hacksaw butch reed i'm about to call him bruce reed just because bill watson been doing it for so long on tv now i'm i have it in my head against Hacksaw Duggan, the Battle of the Hacksaws. 
Any thoughts on this, Mike? This is the first appearance of Butch Reed. The one thing I noticed is that he was, you know, obviously he becomes a heel, but he's hamming it up here in a way that I've never really seen Butch Reed do that in Mid-South Wrestling. A lot of the things that a lot of the African-American wrestlers would do, you know, shaking their ass, the, I don't know how to explain it, but did you notice that, that Butch Reed was wrestling a very different style than what we're used to? I, I did notice it. He, there was a couple times in a match where he does the, the shaking and yeah, I, I noticed it. I didn't commit too much of it to memory, but I, I did catch it. And I, I don't know. It just may have just been one of those things Watts wanted him to do. I want to say one thing too. Watts mentions how Kamala and wrestling two ended in a double DQ. So that's going to cause a buy. I like that because that kind of is a real sports thing nowadays. Like, I mean, I'm a big NFL football fan. And if you can win, if you can be one of the top two seeds in your conference, you get a first round buy and you don't have to play wild card weekend. So that's one less game of wear and tear and chance for injuries on your body. So I like the fact that they mentioned the buy. I mean, that's a, it feels like a big thing. And I think that's important to, to point out. So, other than what you've already said about, you know, Reed and Duggan and kind of Reed hamming it up, I, I thought this was good. You know, Butch Reed does win by pin over Duggan. And I, there was also another note I had Butch Reed press slammed Duggan near the end and then hit Duggan with the big shoulder tackle that he would use. So I kind of like this. You know, it's 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 different to watch again because it's not really being shot for TV. So they zoom in a bunch of times and you really there's times when you can't really see what's going on because the shot is so close because he's sitting ringside. But other than that, I mean, where else would we have seen unless we went to an arena, Duggan versus Reed, you know, the battle of the hacksaws at this point. So it was good. Coming out of that and the commercial break, we get more recap from the tournament. Let's go to this. This match will be the seventh match of the tournament. Tito Santana versus the Black Ninja. Remember, Tito Santana has already had a tough match with Matt Bourne. And now the and the Black Ninja drew a first round bye. So let's watch now as Tito Santana takes on the Black Ninja in the seventh match of the one night sudden death tournament for the North American title and ten thousand dollars. Well, Mike, then we get that match: the Black Ninja Kendo Nagasaki versus Tito Santana from the tournament with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Any thoughts or notes about this match? The more I watch this, the more I realize that we definitely are watching Kendo taking the spot of Kabuki. And the reason I say that is he had a first round buy. Uh, I mean, I don't know what Kendo really has done to, to uh, get a first round buy at this point, but uh, you know, that's me saying that from 10,000 feet in the air. And I haven't really looked at the overall tournament and the brackets uh, from the start. That was the first thing that kind of hit my mind with it. When Watts talks about his buy, other than that, you know, and I say that because, you know, Kabuki, it felt like Kabuki was being brought in for a for a quote unquote big spot. And then we get Kendo just a couple weeks later and Kabuki disappears. So anyway, nothing. I don't really have much from it. Uh, Tito does lose by count out to the Black Ninja. And that's all I really have from that match. He gets sprayed in the face with the mist or as Bill Watts now calls it, he goes, as Boyd Pierce calls it, the green flame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The green flame, yes. Let's get more tournament recap. In the eighth match, two former North American champions met. Two men who have no love for each other. The Junkyard Dog versus Ted DiBiase. The Junkyard Dog came the, out the victor. In the ninth match, it was to win Olympia versus the winner of match five, which was Mr. Wrestling 2 and Kamala. Both men eliminated by disqualification. Therefore, Olympia got 
a bye in that round. In the semifinal round, it was Mr. Olympia then against Hacksaw Butch Reed. Butch Reed having two very tough, rough matches preceding him into the tournament. Let's watch that match now. And that's what we get here, Mike. Butch Reed versus Mr. Olympia from the tournament. They do shake hands before this match. And we're going to play some audio from the end of the match, but any thoughts or notes about it? Um, I'm trying to think if I really have anything other than this. Uh, I mean, you already said that they they did the, they they shook hands, which I guess was one thing. I, all I have is the actual close and what happens at the finish. So I tell you what, why don't we just why don't we just go to the audio from the finish? Because I, I don't have anything other than that. Of the ring, and he barely manages to get one foot extended over the rope, which creates his out of bounds situation, and hacksaw Butch Reed has to break. Mister Olympia. Saved from a fall and elimination from the tournament. But maybe calling timeout. That tremendous power slam by Butch Reed really took it out of him. Now Mr. Olympia strikes like a coil rattlesnake as he hits Butch Reed and then tries to catch him a quick fall. We can see this man starting to capitalize and really go for broke as he's desperately trying to win this tournament. But Hacksaw Butch Reed again takes him and again is just slowly deliberately pressing him. There's Hacksaw Jim Duggan right there with that headgear on and Duggan comes in for the spear from behind as the referee's down out of the ring. Duggan's in and out and gone. But the damage is done. Hacksaw Butch Reed doesn't know what hit him, what truck hit him, where it was from. All he knows is he's sabotaged from behind. Mr. Olympia saw it, saw the man get out of the ring. And look at the advantage he's taken of Hacksaw Butch Reed. Now he pulls him down by the hair. Reed, the instinct to fight and to survive was so strong that he was still overcoming Mr. Olympia's sleeper. So Olympia snapped him down and put the boots to him. And you see the referee coming back in the ring. And you'll see a stunned Hacksaw Butch Reed in the sleeper going unconscious due to the blow in the back of the head from Hacksaw Jim Dugan and the advantageous sleeper but you see Jerry Usher clear cut check him for the sleeper and clearly call the decision so you see that Jerry Usher when he got back in the ring he saw that the man was in the sleeper he checked him for the sleeper and the referee's decision which was proper he called the fall he had not seen the interference and I think this was a crucial point in Mid-South's landmark decision to hold up the North American title as we'll see later we'll be back with another review of that fatal match between the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia after these words from Mid-South Wrestling Sponsors. You know, one note, Mike, Jerry Usher sure is bouncing around at the Municipal Auditorium on this night because obviously he takes a big bump in the final match, and here almost the exact same thing happens. Do you have a portal into my computer and can see my notes? Because <laughs> the, the, uh, the only thing I was going to say other than you know, you can hear, you can actually hear Duggan coming before Watts says it. Because if you really listen closely back to the audio, you'll hear the crowd kind of go up an octave. And then that's when you hear Watts say, oh, Duggan, you know, Duggan's coming in. But th- that note that I had about Jerry Usher or that you just mentioned is the exact note that I have. What you said is exactly true. I have in my notes, referee Jerry Usher, who was abused throughout this night, rolls in after he was bumped earlier. He... He took some abuse on this night. I hope he got double the pay. But that that he really was, man. He was he was abused throughout this tournament. Bless his heart. Uh, but as you heard, 
Uh, Usher says Reed is out, and he calls for the bell, and Olympia wins with the help of Hacksaw Jim Duggan wearing that. I guess we'll just say it's loaded headgear, and he speared Reed in the back as Reed was about to press slam Olympia. Coming out of that, we get one final segment, and that is a recap once again of Junkyard Dog versus Mr. Olympia that we saw and heard earlier in the show. And then Bill Watts' final thoughts on the tournament and the title being held up. I think you can see at home, just as we saw at Tampa at that meeting, that the Junkyard Dog was not pinned, he was not knocked out, or at least he wasn't counted out, and he certainly wasn't signified out in a sleeper. So Mid-South couldn't let that decision stand for such an important prestigious title on such flimsy evidence the title is held up now let's go to the dressing room again and listen to mr olympia and skandar akbar as they gloat over what they thought then was their victory and their ten thousand dollars and then like he said we go back to the dressing room we get a replay of the interview that we heard earlier with general skandar akbar and mr olympia and with that mike we close out another episode of mid-south wrestling a news Heavy edition. What are your closing thoughts on this episode? The closing thoughts, just to recap. So the North American title has been upheld, and we are going to have to wait to see the outcome of that. I believe it was Saturday, April the 16th. Uh, it will be on the line. I think it's JYD versus Olympia for the title, and at this point, $10,000 is on the line as well, I think is what Watts told us earlier. So an impactful episode. We got the confirmation that we thought we were going to get. I mean, some of us did. Some of us may have believed Olympia saying, I don't know what happened, Bill. I don't know how all that stuff got in my suitcase. But there is no doubt as we close this episode that Olympia definitely was bought off by Akbar, And he has been he was the one stalking wrestling too and now we go forward with him and jyd and finding out who will become the north american title holder other than that we got answers but now we got a we got a personal issue we got to settle between those two so good stuff good storytelling overall and a good episode of mid-south wrestling well as we wrap up this episode of the mid-south wrestling television review podcast want to remind you you can follow me on twitter at great brian last you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter, at Super Podcasts, and of course we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Give me a follow on Twitter, at Mike504Saints. I post clips of these shows and... The various segments and promos that Brian and I discuss uh, throughout our Mid-South Television Review podcast. Uh, also, uh, check out Booking the Territory twice per week at tinyurl.com slash bttpod or just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. Shows come out right now on Thursday and Sunday nights. Thursday nights are our NWA Saturday night recaps from the mid to late 80s and on Sunday nights as we get to the end we are closing in on the end of our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps I believe I believe as of this airing I think it's uh, we're up to like episode 175 so there's plenty in the archive to listen to and plenty in our past shows to listen to related to Smoky Mountain Wrestling and for those of you who have come over and checked us out we appreciate it remember we are the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason the jokes are terrible we're not politically correct but we still have fun nonetheless Brian, 
this was a fun episode, but like I said a second ago, we got some good storytelling here. And now that we figured out that Olympia has turned and we've confirmed that it was him stalking too, now we got personal issues that need to be resolved because of all of that nonsense that Olympia pulled. There's a lot happening in Mid-South Wrestling. New wrestlers coming in, things being explained that have been transpiring for quite some time. This is an exciting time. But until next week, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho!